Welcome to the Pregnancy Help Podcast. I'm Christine Grimmett, and since it is February and Valentine's Day is around the corner, we're seeing it advertised everywhere, we thought it appropriate to share an episode with you all on living out relationships in the way that God has intended for us. So I know a lot of our listeners work directly with young women to empower them to make healthy choices in the relationships. So in this episode, our Director of Affiliate Services, Beth Demert, has invited Dr. Joe Malone to talk to us about showing them the power that they hold to unhook from the hookup culture. Dr. Joe was in a previous podcast episode titled Tools to Reach More Clients with a Message of Sexual Integrity last August. Uh, He has also done a six-week course on human sexual wellness for Heartbeat Academy. He did that late last year, and he's working on another six-week course for us. So stay tuned to Heartbeat Academy through our e-newsletters and on heartbeatservices.org for more on that and some of our other training opportunities through Heartbeat Academy. So with that, welcome, Beth and Dr. Joe. It's great to have you with us today. Thanks so much, Christine. We always appreciate your warm welcome, and we're so glad to be here. Dr. Joe, you are just becoming a regular, and I love that. Uh, I know that our listeners are getting more and more familiar with you and what you bring to the table, and uh, today is going to be a next step in that direction uh, that I know will not disappoint. So, Happy Valentine's Day, by the way. Thank you so much. And, th- and thank you for the honor of being here with you, both both Christine and Beth. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. You know, Valentine's Day starts your, um, your path kind of thinking in one direction. You know, love, romance, right? It is that holiday. And of course, in our pregnancy help world, uh, that's a topic that we deal with a lot. You know, in dealing with our clients and and trying to talk to them about uh, these kinds of topics, you know, I often see that our clients are really looking for that romance, looking for that true love. And um, unfortunately, often what causes them to visit us is that they're not really finding that. They're finding a little bit more of disaster uh, than, than what they're looking for. You know, I know that that's happening because they live in a culture that's tough, no doubt about it. And word on the street uh, is that clients are really getting a little uh, fed up with the culture that they're living in, uh, and particularly hookup culture. Uh, they're kind of sick of it, to be honest. I, I know that you shared um, some recent uh, article with me that you wrote, and I want to glean from this article in our conversation today, um, talking about hookup culture. Uh, you say women are sick of hookup culture and are beginning to demand the return of romance and respect between the sexes. Talk to me about that a little bit. Why do you think this is the current trend? Well, uh, to give it just a little background for those who might not know, I created an all-women's uh, college wellness program at, at uh, the place I used to teach. And so I, I started learning about this back then and uh, ended up doing um, my dissertation uh, around it somewhat and then I wrote a book about it. So that's where I get my background and expertise on it. Um, in interviewing them, uh, this is, again, 2014 to 2017, 2018 and, and beyond. Actually, I've done interviews beyond. I started getting that. Not even it's not. I started actually. That kind of jumped right out of their mouths and, and toward me. And there was a lot, a lot of uh, emotion with it when it was shared because these 
young women's hearts had been broken, not just once, but many, many times. And um, I started looking into it and finding out what this hookup culture was all about. And what I found was, again, since, again, I was an undergraduate way back when, but even since the 1990s and early 2000s, things, things had changed radically toward a situation where the idea was not to have any kind of relationship with the person, the less emotion involved, uh, uh, the better. And, um, you know, have sex within that and then just maybe never even see each other again or never contact each other. This was really leaving these young women um, emotionally scarred, uh, damaged, you could say, in many ways. Uh, Their depression was high. Their anxiety was high. And when I started looking into it, when I started researching it uh, from there, kind of looking back in 2005, uh, when this one dating site called OkCupid uh, st- well, they started from that's when they that's when they began. They were um, surveying their customers from the, 2005 forward, and all the way from 2005 up to 2016, the answers to questions uh, around the idea of would you have sex with somebody on a first date, and you know all the things that are that are lean in the sexualized direction, were going in that direction. Uh, they were getting more and more sexualized in their answers. But about two, six, 2016, that trend started going the other way. And um, it was pretty sharp, and especially with young women. And the young women particularly were saying, no, they would not want to take part in a, in a casual sex situation. They prefer romance, and um, they wanted to find somebody that would provide real love and maybe a future marriage, you know, in, in the situation. So, and then my research went into, you know, human, the human origins uh, of relationships and, and uh, that type of thing. And come to find out, it's been, you know, about for the last, the last 2 million years, if you look at it scientifically, the human race has been what we call pair bonding in science. Now we call it marrying. And uh, it's really what we're, our species is built around. So what it comes down to, Beth, is that women in our society are being asked to go against their sexual natures. And so their sexual nature is to find somebody and bond with them and get married and have a family and, you know, live happily after, ever after, as they say. But we've got this situation with hookup culture um, that is really, really rubbing them the wrong way, I guess you'd say. Yeah, just um, makes a lot of sense. And I think we find affirmation in that with the women that come and visit us in pregnancy centers a lot of them expressing their disappointment and not wanting to be involved in certain behaviors. And it's interesting because I think out of that research, 2017, Harvard University, uh, this was 3,000 young adults and high school students uh, that they were speaking to. The findings were that a large majority of young adults are overestimating how many other young people are hooking up? Isn't that fascinating? Because it's the idea that everybody's doing it and I have to do it too. And particularly as a female, I think it's the way that I'm going to find what I'm looking for. But actually, uh, women are actually kind of shooting themselves in the foot, working against themselves. Um, yes. Because as you said, the science, the way they're created uh, is not lending itself towards their behavior. And the idea of, I think if I give sex to get love, that's what I'm going to find. But that doesn't necessarily happen. Let's talk about that a little bit more. 
Yes, you're exactly right. And uh, it's scary because a couple of the young women I've dealt with um, literally told me that their parents, one was a mother, one was a father. And in both those cases, the mother and father had broken up their individual marriage uh, by cheating on their spouse. But they were telling their daughter that she would never get a guy, you know, without having sex with him first. And that's, as you were saying, that's the furthest thing from the truth. Actually, and this is an important statement for your listeners, for our listeners to um, really, really uh, absorb. What the research has shown, again, this is against the backdrop of the <clears throat> of the sexual nature I, I just described for the last long period of time back in the prehistory of, of pair bonding and marriage. The shorter time to sex in a relationship means the relationship will last shorter. It'll be the shorter time to sex, the shorter the relationship, I guess you'd say. Okay, I'll put it that way. The shorter time to sex in a relationship, the shorter the relationship on average. So it's actually really the opposite uh, as far as young men and young women bonding. Um, it's really the way the young men's biochemistry works is it really, it really throws a monkey wrench, so to speak, in the works. If a young woman is quote unquote easy uh, with him and let's say they have sex even on the, let's say the second date. Okay. Um, what happens in the brain of the young man is his bonding mechanism is more complex than hers. And there's a biochemical called vasopressin that in his brain, if it's allowed to stay in his brain long enough, it creates receptors for it. And it's the, it's the main male bonding uh, biochemical. But what happens is, if they have sex soon after they you know, start getting to know each other, start dating, that type of thing, the orgasm, the chemicals from the orgasm uh, wash that vasopressin out. And so the, the, what's required is a romantic relationship, a, a chaste relationship, a uh, courtship type of relationship where they're together, you know, they're attracted to each other. He thinks she's the best thing in the world. And, and again, he's, He's opening the door for her. He's buying her dinner and all of that. And they're around each other for a long time. It's months and months, actually, that this takes to uh, accomplish. And eventually, he, when he has it, when they haven't had sex to orgasm, particularly, um, his vasopressin supply will have been in his brain long enough that the receptors will be built and that molecule will dock. It'll dock in that receptor. Then he bonds with her. He falls in love, would be the way we would put it. And she becomes his girl, you know, I mean, she, he starts showing that, you know, he's not going to want just anybody else to be with her and that type of thing. Um, you know, there's a little bit of possessiveness there, but that is how men fall in love. And that's how uh, this old school um, courting and dating process works so much more successfully than we have now. There's a second stage to a male's bonding in this process, uh, and it's the oxytocin stage. So once the vasopressin docking happens, it his his um uh, testosterone levels start dropping dramatically and so once he's committed his testosterone starts drop, dropping uh, dramatically normally testosterone if it's high will interfere with oxytocin which is the main female bonding uh bonding biochemical and also it's it's present in males too so when his testosterone drops because of the vasopressin docking and because of the, the months and months and months at least of chased um dating and that type of thing again old school uh, then the second stage of the process will happen where he will bond to her oxytocin wise as well and so it turns out to be a very very strong bond a two-stage bond and just for the uh, whoever's uh, listening probably a lot of young women their information 
their bonding process is the only one stage and it isn't interfered with by sex to orgasm. So it just takes dopamine and oxytocin for a woman to bond to a man. So they bond readily, you know, in a sexual situation and they're, you know, if I fall in love. And so when you have the others, you have them falling in love, the women, you have the men not falling in love, but, you know, being ready for the next Tinder, you know, swipe or whatever. Um, you have a real bad situation because the the men is bad for them because they never commit. They never get out of this. You could just kind of call it an addiction, you know, uh, a dopamine, testosterone addiction, basically. And uh, the women, it breaks their hearts and tears them all up and everything. So, again, if we had a formula for destructiveness for young, young, well, youth and young adults, it would be something like this. If we've tried to think up something destructive as far as their, their life goes and to get them all messed up, we would create something like hookup culture. So I guess that's the message is the old school in this case is the best school. And we get, need to get back to that kind of a approach. And the young women, again, need to understand that, that's, uh, that the quicker, uh, sooner to sex, the sooner the relationship ends. Let's put it that way, that on, on average. So yeah, yeah. you're not going to get anybody so, permanent that way. Go ahead. Yeah. And so essentially what you're saying is what, like we just saw with this Harvard study, what we think is not necessarily truth. We're being swayed by culture. We're being influenced by the way we think it's supposed to be. And we're actually working against ourselves as females in particular. We think, right. again, it's the idea of you have to give sex to get love, but that's counterproductive. To yes. what you're trying to do. It's amazing to me. And, uh, you know, when it comes to women who uh, come into pregnancy help and they're looking for that true love and romance and relationship and someone to really cherish them, uh, they think that's the way to get there. And, and that's not the case. And you and I, as we've been working on things together, um, I've heard you reference this as the woman's superpower, right? Yeah. I love that. We have a superpower to get what it is that we're really looking for. And it really takes education to understand how to put that superpower in place and not work against yourself, right? The the vasopressin thing is just amazing to me. Um, the idea that, you know, again, you think that you're giving something that's going to cause that bonding and it's actually causing the bonding not to happen. Just... Yes. Unbelievable. Yes. Uh, as a matter of fact, here's the other thing I'll add on to that. Unlike women, again, this is just, uh, again, on population average, men have a tendency, especially the ones that are sexually active. And again, you probably picture the alpha male type, which a lot of women are attracted to. They're the, the ones that they'd like to be able to connect with. Um, they have an automatic assessment uh, of, of women. Um, and the way, the way they assess them is, Okay, this woman, you know, she has, was easy to, to have sex with. She's for a good time only, basically. And then the ones that aren't easy to access sex with, they're, they're the ones that go into the marriageable um, bin, so to speak, the, the section. So it's actually really, really straight out, you know, the way men, not all men, but uh, again, especially the ones that are the high testosterone and uh, um, alpha male types, they will have a tendency to automatically categorize as a matter of fact it's so bad beth that uh i'm a young man that's let's say the situation unless it happens that he picks up this girl and on the first date you know they have sex and that type of thing 
before they have sex, his, his evaluation of her as, you know, beautiful woman is going up and, and actually within about 10 seconds after they have sex and he has orgasm, it's going down his evaluation of her, her looks and, and what he thinks of her and everything else. Now, again, ironically on the other side, in, in the studies they've done on this, the woman's evaluation of him is going up after they've had sex. So she's thinking he's the greatest thing and she wants to bond, you know, she wants to uh, bond with him and have a, have a life together. And it's just really, really ugly, you know, the way it really, really is. And again, these sex differences, a lot of people try to deny or they want to deny, but they're there for a large swath of both, both sexes. I don't want to say that every woman is like this and every man is like this, but the stats are uh, again, ballpark figures, about 80% of men will take sex if it's, a, it's available to them in as much of a quantity as they can get. In other words, many, many women, 20% of men, the most intelligent 20% they found, which I think is uh, interesting, um, will not. They want to bond exclusively like, like the women do. On the other side of it, 20%, again, ballpark figures, probably less than this, but 20% of women would like to be promiscuous like the guys, the 80% of the guys would like to. 80% of women want what we're talking about as far as the romance and true love. So, um, yeah, it's really a, a messed up situation. And one other quick thing on your great comment earlier about this, the um, Harvard talk study. Yeah, there's this misperception. They call it pluralistic ignorance. They actually have a scientific name for it where you think everybody else is doing it and they aren't. Uh, it's just here's the here's the stats on it. and your typical college campus 30 percent of the the people are not not having sex at all so 30 percent are not having sex at all the top 15 percent of the men and women the ones i was talking about that want to go this way you know in, in, a, in a hard way a, a big way they're having 50 percent round figures 50 percent of the sex the se sexual you know encounters so a small minority of the top is having a ton of sex with a ton of different people and then the rest of about 55%, they're the ones that think everybody else is having sex. They, th they think everybody's living like the top, that, that top 15% that are, that are promiscuous. So um, it's a mess about, you know, about 85% of them are really not sexually active unless they think they need to be because of somebody else doing it. If that makes sense, uh, it's just what you were describing earlier. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And I think, it also gives us tremendous opportunity within our pregnancy help community to educate and to share these things uh, with young women uh, so that they can make better choices. I don't mean to be so um, euphoric about that, but that's really what it does come down to, right? Is understanding and knowledge, understanding how their body works, how the man's body works, and how they can work in sync with that instead of against that. To again, get what it is that they're truly looking for and hoping for long range, which is a committed relationship where they truly are cherished and loved and protected. And um, that kind of leads us to the whole marriage subject, right? It's another thing within our society that seems to be um, diminishing uh, to some degree, I think I shared with you previously that I was watching daytime television and they sort of hold the audience for the importance of marriage. And most of the women, most of the people in the audience were women. Uh, they were sort of middle aged. They had kind of experienced all of these things. And uh, they definitely expressed the idea that 
they wanted a relationship, but they didn't want to be married. And um, I know that you've written an article for us that I'm really excited that we're publishing this week also on marriage and the benefits of marriage. Uh, So it's what everyone's looking for. It has great benefit to it. And it's really a matter of helping women to understand you can't have what it is you're looking for. And it it works because it works Correct. with the way yes, you are created, exactly. right? And again, um, it goes with the grain. I said, you know, hookup culture is women going against the grain, the vast majority of them going against the grain. It's very much going with the grain. It's really the way God created us. And if you think about it, I mean, even scientifically, you know, think about scientifically, a qu- few quick facts. Our species has the, by far the longest time to maturity of our children, of our babies and then our children. We need, we need parents involved for 15, 20, even beyond, you know, 20, 21, 22, 25, even 25 is when the human brain finally uh, matures. It's the human brain is so special in, in creation. Um, and it, it, you know, again, it's, it's three times as big as, as the next primate proportionally. It's five times as big as the typical animal that would be the same same size it takes a long time even though it's pretty big when we're born it takes a long time for the connections to be built in it and for it to grow to three times its size it was when you're born and it makes our young the most vulnerable in 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 creation of all the species so us having a mother and a father working together to raise a child or or, or maybe several children like it used to be in the past is uh, crucial. It's crucial because that advantage, um, no matter what the government does, you know, uh, between birth and five years old, huge strides are made or they're not made, you know, by by the child and having a mother and a father working together and, um, you know, tending those children's needs, giving them all the emotional support that they need. Again, kids, by the time they get to first grade or kindergarten or, or even pre-K, they're way behind the others that have had what we're talking about. And what we're talking about comes from a great marriage, uh, a marriage where two people love each other and uh, they're going with those natural tendencies that I'm talking about. And especially the man is appreciating the woman for the beautiful creature that she is and all the gifts that she's been given, especially in the area of, you know, taking care of kids and nurturing and that type of thing. And he has gifts as well. And actually, Marriage, <laughs> it's almost, it's another superpower to some degree because marriage makes men into harder workers, um, more responsible, less uh, prone to get into trouble with the law. Um, you know, you compare a 15 to 25 year old male that's unmarried and has come from a background that doesn't have two parents in the home to one who's, uh, you know, 50, between 15 and 25. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, you know, the bad word, uh, I'm going to use the M word, the marriage he's married, let's say um, 15 to 25 years old. That, everybody thinks that's too early, but anyway, I was married at 20 and my wife is, was 19 when we were married and that didn't stop us. It didn't seem to stop us from accomplishing what we wanted to do. But uh, if he's married, he has so much greater chance of being successful and not getting into trouble with the law, not getting into drugs, not getting into all the different things that young men, the trouble they can get into, and also not getting killed because most of the people killed with guns. And, you know, we hear a lot about this guns and that type of thing, accidents. Um, let me just give it to you. 
uh, a young man versus a young woman, 15 to 25 years old, has a four times, approximately four times greater chance of dying through addiction, um, over uh, overdose that, that way, um, car accidents, murder, or suicide. So all of those ways, uh, a young man has a four times greater chance of dying. That's single. Ones that are married are are pretty much immune from that. So, and again, it helps the woman um, extremely. So it's really, really a win-win situation. I mean, you really can't think of any downside to it other than, you know, marriage that goes bad and and there's abuse and that type of thing. So, um, and really marriage, I'm going to get in my soapbox here. Marriage <laughs> help will help fix our society too, because, you know, our, I don't know if you, you have heard this, you probably have, but the birth rate's been dropping precipitously, you know, for the last 15, 20 years all over the world. And women that what they're finding out is that women it isn't so much that the women are having babies and kind of always had babies you know they're in the past in their family they're not so much having less babies what's happening is the women some of them are not there's actually 30 percent of them they aren't having babies at all 30 percent aren't having babies at all so um and that's related to marriage because married women have ba babies at twice the rate that unmarried uh women do as so all that said, you can kind of see that even in our society, not only individuals, not only couples, not only children from those couples, but the entire society and not only our society, but the whole world society, because it's happening all over the world, um, uh, is endangered by this because they call it demographic collapse. And what they mean by that is we get way too many older people um, you know, that stop working at some point needs need support and that type of thing way too few young people that are you know working and active in that way to support them and that's when you get the demographic crash coming 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 down so i know it's a big answer but i'm passionate as you can tell about this and uh, marriage just solves a lot of problems yeah and again i mean when we think about the love holiday and valentine's day and uh true love and romance and what are people ultimately looking for? That whole path points to marriage, right? A committed relationship, someone that's going to be faithful and someone that's going to um, bring all those benefits, those scientific benefits that you talk about in your article into that relationship, as well as the emotional benefits as well. And again, I mean, we have such an incredible opportunity to educate and to inspire and to point people in the direction that works with the grain of their creation, not against their grain, and help them to find what they're really looking for. Um, that superpower is something that we need to shout from the rooftops and empower women with their superpower and, and have them not work against themselves. And so, you know, as we um, conclude here today, Dr. Joe, what do you think the greatest message uh, we could deliver to a young woman? Uh, in 2023, who's looking for true love and marriage? What do we need to say to her? Well, what do I we need think to teach that her? A lot of the ingredients of what we've been talking about in this conversation that she, first of all, that she has this superpower that's been unbeknownst to her, um, and that society has tries to tell her just the opposite and tries to portray um, images of everything besides that, and, and 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 tries to push her in a sexualized direction. I would say to try to tell her that her instincts, her actually ins instincts is one way to look at it. Her intelligence is sexual intelligence is another way to look at it are correct. And I, I, I would, I would have us caution her and them 
that there are times when uh, in circumstances when when young women can be put into situations where they're not going to follow that necessarily that instinct as well as they would otherwise um that you know again young women are they're built for this because they have so much less i mean young men have about 20 times more testosterone which is again the sex drive hormone um they, so I won't go into the details, but they have much less of this. Other, young men have much less of this other hormone called SHBG, which uh, absorbs uh, free testosterone for one thing. And so um, men are supercharged for sex. Women are normally built to be able to resist it when it comes uh, when it resist getting into it if they want to. Um, out of all out of three million uh, sexually reproducing species on Earth, uh, human women are the only ones that can override their ovulatory signal so they're built for it normally here's the here's the places that they're not this is where i would warn them that they may get into something that they didn't intend to alcohol raises women's testosterone levels now it raises men's a little bit too but men already have so much it doesn't really so much matter plus men's brains are configured you know the twice as big of a sex sex drive area in the brain sexual pursuit um <clears throat> women are normally uh in control, I would even say that when it comes to sex, women are the stronger sex because um, they have the generally the will willpower to walk away from a situation that maybe a man wouldn't necessarily have. Uh, but if if she's drunk or even just a little bit drinking a little bit of alcohol, it really pops her uh, testosterone levels up. And she's not used to that. A woman isn't used to having higher testosterone levels. So she's not used to the kind of... Um, discipline you have to walk away from something that's sexually enticing also it, it calls uh, it inhibits her frontal cortex which is the part of the brain that helps to shut down things that we know aren't good for us so add in one more thing if she's aware of her 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 cycle her and where she is in her cycle if she, and if she's not on birth control pills because this that interferes hormonal birth control that interferes with uh the, the whole cycle situation um and her, at her mid cycle, let's just say, you know, day one is, is the start of her period. And let's say, let's say from day eight to about day 14 on your typical 28 day cycle, um, right in that window, they call it the uh, fertile window, you know, or the ovulatory window. If she's drinking and she's in that window, it's really going to supercharge her sex drive higher than it would be normally. I think that's why, you know, college parties, involve so much alcohol and you know it's not for the guys necessarily it's for it's for the guys giving it to the women and the women need to be aware of that so there are places and dangers where you know it can happen where women don't end up doing something that would be uncharacteristic of them but uh, that's probably the main one that i can think of so i would warn them about that i would encourage them to go down the pathway of uh, no sex until marriage and then also uh, minimizing any kind of uh, alcohol life lifestyle. And I think they would be fine after that. And I mean, they've got what the men want. They've got the bargaining. They've got all the bargaining power. So and knowing that men are downgrading them if they are sexually active with them. I think that women, you, you're, you said it earlier, I can't I can't uh, agree more. We need to shout this from the rooftops and the vasopressin, um, the way that that system works. It's just uh, crazy that women, young women are selling themselves short like this. And not only that, I mean, you get into the STDs and all of that. I mean, the women have twice of a chance of, of having STDs, a pregnancy. They have all the chance of getting pregnant. 
there's just every every way you look at it from the, the casual sex angle, it they lose. It's a lose, lose, lose situation. So um I don't know. Is that is that strong enough of a <laughs> of a message? That's pretty strong. It was pretty much what I would uh what I would hope for because it's for the purpose of getting her exactly what she is looking for, what she wants, and the thing that is gonna make her happy and fulfilled in life. And that's what it's all about. It's not about uh, prohibition. It's not about denial. It's about empowering her to be the strong woman that she can be in order to get the things that her heart longs for. And there's no time like Valentine's Day to bring it out in the open. So again, I just thank you for all your wisdom, for your willingness to share it with others. We're going to continue to walk down this path of developing good material that our centers can use and educate more and more on the things we've talked about today. We're looking forward to having you with us uh, in April in Louisville at the Heartbeat Conference, doing a whole uh, in-depth day training on this subject. And then uh, there's more to come after that. So Dr. Joe Malone, the sexual integrity scientist, we're grateful for you. I'm so grateful for you guys. And I'm so admire, you know, this whole uh, cause that we're part of, because it's to me, it's the noblest cause that there there ever could be. So um, I'm just such an admirer. I'm so humbled that I can be part of it. Thank you so much. You make a great team. Thanks, Christine. We'll turn it back to you. Thanks so much. Again, that in-depth day training at our Heartbeat Conference happening in April. Um, you can find out more about that. Dr. Joe will be teaching with uh, Lori Kirkendall, and they are uh, doing a full day of training. You can find out more, register at heartbeatservices.org. Uh, with that, we wish everyone a great Valentine's Day, and thanks for listening to this episode of the Pregnancy Help Podcast.